I'm Jetta Juriannes, and I'm playing Allie. Hey, I'm Alan H. Green, and I'm playing Crease. And you are listening to the Cobra Kai Companion Podcast. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And today, you guys, I am honored to have uh, my two guests, Jenna Jerians, who plays Allie from the Credit Kid Musical, and also Alan H. Green, who plays Crease. Welcome, you two. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for carving out some time to speak with me. I know you guys are super busy. Uh, at the time of this recording, we got just a few days, uh, uh, actually less than a week now. Um, so we will get into it. I want to... Uh, uh, have the listeners learn about you guys before we start talking about the musical a little bit. So um, we'll start off with uh, Jetta. You are uh, a writer of sorts, not just comedy, because you also do a uh, Studio C. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have you talk about that. But I'm really interested to hear you talk about your music, uh, My Nothing and Baby Blue. Uh, oh, I've, I've had those two. <laughs> yeah, those two songs I've had on repeat all day. Um, you. Yeah, uh, my baby or baby blue rather is just uh, is very uplifting and it's a fun song. And when you guys when we were testing the audio, I was trying to throw in the little like, you know, we're uh, kids in a big kid's body, you know, so I was trying to throw out some of the lyrics. But um, the one I'm really interested, uh, I, I, I just absolutely love my nothing. Um, it's a beautiful song. And the part where you say just pretend you don't listen. I can't tell the difference at this point. I felt that. Like, I felt <laughs> that. You, resonated. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, able to share your, I don't know if there was any inspirations into writing those particular pieces? Uh, yeah, I started writing probably like six or seven years ago because me and my friends had a writing group and we just started writing things in my friend's shed. And I decided I was just to only write music um, for the time being. And I wrote a ton of songs just based off of the homework we gave each other. And I don't even remember what the prompt was for that one. But most of them just came. Most of the music that I released came from writing songs in my friend's shed. <laughs> but yeah, so my nothing I wrote a few years ago and then I finished it and um, most of the songs I write I make with the idea of turning them into a music video and my nothing I had a really clear image of what I wanted to make with that and I recorded it and filmed the music video all within a week which is I'm just lucky I have crazy friends who are willing to say yes to the things I ask them to do so yeah yeah that's re- yeah really awesome um, I definitely encourage the listeners and viewers go check that out they the, the, your, your voice and, and the music, it just, it sounds so familiar. Like, I, I feel like I've been listening to you for a really long time. So your voice I, is like so a pillow. Yeah. Your whole face with the softness and the sweetness of that pillow. It like her voice is like comforting, literally like a pillow. You, you can so la- I'm for real. That's, that's the yeah. key. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, just my nothing. Oh, it's Chef's Kiss. I just I, I love that song. Um, I, I, I yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I don't listen to the radio a lot. I listen to a lot of like the stuff I grew up listening. I just go back and recycle that stuff. But I'm adding this into, 
you know, my library. So, um, yeah, yeah, I really love it. Uh, Alan, there's so, you know, a veteran actor of sorts. You guys both have done television too. But, uh, Alan, you, you have such great stories. I, I listened to a couple of interviews of yours today. Um, I love the reasoning for you adding the H to your name. Do you want to share that little story? Oh, that's my dad. My dad, my dad's name was uh, Homer Green. And uh, so I, I'm Alan H. Green to Aww. honor my dad. And it's so funny. Um, so we just had a, uh, a prop in the show that was a picture of me as Crease um, that they had photoshopped. I don't want to get <laughs> Yeah, we can't say So it was this big, huge photo of me. And I turned upstage and I looked at it. And it literally took my breath away because it looked exactly like my dad. Oh, my and gosh. even Jake Bent, uh, Jake Billy Young, who plays Johnny Lawrence, he said to me after he said, you know, that's not a that's not an expression that I've seen of you in other photos of you. Totally. Agree. And I said, exactly. That's an expression of my father. And the way they photoshopped and dressed it up, it was interesting because it literally took my breath away and I was about to have to like excuse myself but then the stage manager said hold please so i just went into a dark corner and i and you know not to sound like corny or anything but it really made me think to myself that's just the confirmation that i'm right where i'm supposed to be doing what i'm supposed to be and my dad is up there watching and 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 proud as hell Alan, you're going to yeah. make me cry, and we just <laughs> yeah. started. Yeah. That's well, so yeah, beautiful. And so uh, yeah. you won't see it in the show because it's a cut prop. But uh, cut? Yeah, yeah, they're going to do something else. Oh, darn. Are you going to take it? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so it might end up in my mama house. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it belongs. It's yeah, crazy. along with uh, all the furniture from, like, what, 20 years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's another uh, really great story, like uh, – I uh, this is, uh, we'll, we'll get into it should you want to share, but there was an experience that you had when you lived abroad out in Germany. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I grew up um, uh, around all kinds of people. And certainly I had, as a large black man, I had a lot of uh, crazy things happen to me. But I didn't have an awareness of it because it was all that I knew. So, you know, like they tried to not have me be in the gifted and talented program when I tested and my father protested because we actually came from up north where kids started school a year earlier. So it wasn't that I was a genius. It was just that I had already had a year of school. And so when they told my dad I failed the test for the gifted and talented program, he said, uh, I don't believe that. Let me see the test. And anyway, my dad didn't give up and I ended up retaking another test and made 100 and got in the program. And, you know, when we moved into the neighborhood that we moved into, uh, our tree got burned down. We were the, the second black family to move into the neighborhood and they burned our tree down in the middle of the night. Oh now, God. I could go on and on with stories like that. Right. But you ask 19, 20 year old Alan if he experienced any racism. My answer would be no. And I literally would have said, no, oh, no, people in my community, we didn't see color. That's literally what I was said at 19 or 20, because I just didn't know. So I ended up around age 25, 26, moving to Stuttgart, Germany to do a production, the Broadway production of Miss Saigon in German. And I was there maybe the second week I was there and I was in this grocery store and this German woman was staring at me 
like she had never seen in person anybody who looked like me, right? But I also realized that in her staring at me, she wasn't afraid of me. She didn't have any preconceived notion about how I should talk or what music I should listen to or what sports I may or may not be good at. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like for the first time in my life, a stranger looked beyond my color and just saw me. And I remember I went to my little apartment on Klein Konechstrasse uh, and called my dad. And, and it was literally in that moment that I realized that the oppression that I felt as a black man in this country was so embedded in my DNA that I did not even realize it was there until I lived in another country where it wasn't. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that racism isn't in Germany, obviously. I'm just not the object of it over there in Germany. So that was a huge uh, awakening for me and something that I've talked about a little bit now that we're in kind of this uh, new racial aware, you know, people have blinders that have been lifted and people mm -hmm. are, are realizing that saying things like, I don't see color, is not actually a thing because uh, we want our color to be seen. We yeah. just don't want to be disenfranchised because of it. I remember um, when saying that people thought saying that was the yeah. most equality, most equal thing to say. And right. it, obviously it's not. Right. right. And, you know, and it's one of those things where like, you know, people mean well, for the most part, I, I like to extend grace to people. But the other thing we forget, particularly living on, the coasts, you know, New York and LA, is that there's still a lot of people, even in 2022, who are only ever around people who look like them and think like them. Mm -hmm. And so that's still a thing that people only know what they know. But, um, but now we've come into a new awareness. And so hopefully the uneducated will start to be educated. Absolutely. I, I, and, and I love that story. And you, go, you get in so much deeper with it in that interview. And I'll try to link it into the show notes for those that uh, want to watch it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not only a must listen. Uh, it, I think it's a very important listen um, for your story. So thank you for sharing. Um, it's one that. of the reasons I have to tell people, it's one of the reasons I have grace for people who don't know, mm -hmm. because I have to acknowledge that for the first 19 years of my life, I was the object of it and I didn't know. Mm -hmm. OK, but that's how deep it is in the fabric of our country mm -hmm. that I was the direct object of it. But up until then, I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't experience any racism in my life. What are you talking about? Because it just was part of literally my whole existence here. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't use it as an excuse, but I do use it as an awareness that people only know what they know. But it's time for now for people to know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Th thank you again for sharing that. And I have heard that myself. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago that, yeah, I, I don't see color, you know, like, well, then you, you don't see me because uh, I have served 10 years in the military. And I remember getting in a heated exchange where I was telling someone else that I'm Asian American and, you know, somebody who wanted to jump in our mentions, you know, just, he's like, no, well, you're, you're born in the U S you are American. I go, no. So, so you don't, you don't even see my ethnicity then like, so what, what is this? What is my culture? Like, I have a culture. I have a background. That's the Asian part of it. You know, yes, I'm an American, but I'm Asian American. So 
it was a whole ass thing back and, then. And it's so because there are a lot of those folks that want to claim that they don't see color are good, kind hearted people. They really are. They just don't want to acknowledge that that racism is a thing. I, I had a, I won't go into the story, but I I called out somebody. Basically, I so I post on Facebook stories about things that happened to me um, because then people are less um, opinionated about it. Right. If, if we're going to talk about somebody getting shot from the cops or whatever, somehow that's always debatable. So I just try to share stories that happened to me. I'm in a dark parking garage and this happened or I was, you know, on a train and a woman thought I was following her because, you know, we're both going to the food cart in the back of the train and there's one way to get there. So all these crazy things have happened to me. Right. So I was telling the story about how I was buying a sport coat in a store in Manhattan. And I had the sport coat on and this man walked in and said, oh, you look so nice. You must be going to the NFL draft. And I just turned my head slowly and said, of all the places I could be going in the world, what is it about me that makes you just assume that I'm going to the NFL draft? Why have you immediately looked at me and minimized me? That's insane. And I said, not that it's any of your business, but I'm going to the opening of a Broadway show. And so then, of course, after all that, I had to buy the jacket, right? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Buy the jacket. You had a pretty woman yeah, in. Yeah, he yeah, said, exactly. big mistake. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> so, so I wrote about that and I wrote like, you know, hashtag not a big deal. But I was just trying to share all these microaggressions. Yes. Well, somebody on my Facebook, one of these folks who lives in a world where they'd like to not see color, wrote oh, it's because of you're in such a good shape, you should take it as a compliment. Yeah, it's, okay? be- it's because you're in good yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's... So I, so then a whole bunch of people liked that comment, right? So I don't, I don't deal with like Facebook, you know, public conversations, but I called all those people and I said, what is it that gives you the authority to think that I shared that story for you to tell me what that story was about. Mm -hmm. Where does that authority come from? I didn't share that story for somebody to explain to me what happened. I shared that story so that you could learn. Mm -hmm. So where does your, where does your authority and audacity come from where you think in a world where you've never been large and black and you weren't in that store, but yet you seem to think how I should respond to it. So the person was quiet. And then the person said, well, I just hate that this stuff happens to you because this is a person who always wants to explain race out of everything. And yeah, it's not the only reason he said that. Had had I been my black self in a wheelchair, he might not have said that. Right. Mm -hmm. But but it's it's the immediate minimization of me because of my blackness. And so the person said, well, I just don't. It's just hard because I I hate to think that things like that happen to you. And I said, well, I need you to understand that it's your unwillingness to acknowledge that race was a part of it Mm -hmm. that perpetuates these things happening to me. You are actually the reason or part of the reason why this continues to happen, because we can't dismantle a system if there's a whole group of people who refuse to acknowledge that there's a problem in the first place. Yes. And also making small or belittling or, you know, dismissing something like that is what leads to bigger, bigger issues, because those sort of things happen 
all right. the time. Right. And so there you can't, it's like, maybe it's easy for her to explain that one away, but you're coming from a lifetime of microaggressions right. and a million, a million examples. So you know where it's coming from. You weren't asking for suggestions right. on what, what you thought other people thought she meant. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought we was gonna be talking about the Karate Kid music. <laughs> we, will, we will get to that. Well, it's because he just okay. mentioned racism. Okay. <laughs> and, and that was the thing too. I was like, oh man. And so you know, like we're we're probably about. Uh, I, I kind of lost track of time. Are we almost? Out of time? Well, what? No, of course not. We got to talk about this we hit musical we do. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but 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 do give give me the wrap up because I kind of lost track of like when I I want to. Uh, you know, kind of send, send you guys on your way. That, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, there's so much to talk about with you guys. But, but, but again, I, I believe it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Front center mezzanine, the 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 show that you were on, Alan, um, to talk about your story. Uh, it was like two two guys from last year, I think it was. Oh, is that? Oh, I think that's I, what it was called. Oh, I don't know if that was the name of it. There, there might be like two names or something like yeah, it might have been two names, but I did, you know, honestly, I did a lot of podcasts over the pandemic. Yeah. She's a comedian. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I thought that was something um, worth kind of mentioning because like the cast is so diverse and I think it's beautiful. And um, and, and, and I, I, I just say too, since we're talking about this and going down this line that um, not to be indelicate, but nobody had to be murdered for us to be a diverse cast. Mm -hmm. This show six, seven years ago in development, they just found people that they liked in the parts. OK, it's also they, it's diverse. It's diverse <laughs> in so many ways. It's right. it's you're seeing different pe like people with different backgrounds, different um, talents, people coming from totally different industries, different worlds, yeah, um, different yeah. body types, ages. It's like diverse in so many ways. So, and, and I'll take, I'll take the, you know, the baby steps of folks doing it because they think, oh, we have to do this. Um, but that's not what's happening with this musical. This is just a creative team that always was interested in representing this kind of American story um, with America. And so, and I think you can feel the authenticity when you're, you, you can tell when it's checking, oh checking boxes. And again, in some of those instances, I'll take it. That's a baby step. That's, yeah. that's okay. You know, but you can tell when there's a, a, a sincerity and it just goes back to, you know, our, the original uh, producer who, who wanted to do this in the first place mm -hmm. because this story meant so much to him. In Okinawa. And that, you know, yeah. and that he wanted to share this in a new form with the world. And so you can just feel uh, the respect and the honor. Um, I, I certainly can feel it when I'm watching the parts of the show I'm not in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you, I mean... Alan was born to play Crease. Like when I see you do it, I literally can't picture or imagine anyone on earth who could do what you are doing. Well, it, thank you. it is just true. Like I, there hasn't been a single time I've watched Alan do some of the numbers that he does in the show where I don't literally scream my brains off when the number is over. It's 
it is unlike anything I've ever seen live, it's, hands down. It's, it's interesting because in the first part of my career, I always played like the guy, the valiant kind of hero guy. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I got to a point where I was everybody's dad. Um, <laughs> and I'm still involved in some of those projects where I play dads. And I think because I had such a phenomenal dynamic father, I, I just have that to pull from. Whether mm-hmm. I'm playing my dad or not, mm-hmm. that's always my reference point. Um, but then in the last 10 years, I started playing bad guys. And, uh, oh my and you know, the thing about Crease. Crease is a lot like a lot of my. I played football in Texas, and with, with yes, this, and then you became a lawyer too, right? Or law school, or whole but other story. Crease, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Crease uh, is a lot like a lot of my football coaches, except Crease is worse. You know, uh. my football coaches really thought the treatment they were doing was for the betterment of the student. Well, Crease ain't really caring about the student, but but there's a lot of similarities between some of my football coaches and Crease. So it was it was easy. I mean, beyond obviously the legacy that Martin Cove has created with the way he has done this and created this character in such a brilliant way. Um, so, of course, to add that to it. Um, you know, and I, and I came on board actually just singing some of the songs in a presentation in the Bahamas. Drew was singing uh, Mr. Miyagi. His sister was singing Allie oh my and gosh. Lucille. Yes, that's and right. And Trevor was out there singing mm-hmm. Daniel. And so that's how I was first introduced to this world. And it wasn't to play the part, really, just like Drew was singing for Miyagi. He would obviously not play that part. It was just to sing it. But then I met Mark Kamen and and they were like, oh, wait a minute, you're you're this is a good match. And then I kind of just became a part of the family. And again, it wasn't, you know, nobody decided crease was going to be a particular color or not. That wasn't, it just, I started to learn the music and then everybody involved was like, Oh, this is a good match. And, and here we are. It reminds me when I watch you play crease, it reminds me of a director I had who once said that characters that we play, um, aren't replacements of who we are. They're everything we are plus a whole other person. And when I watch you play Crease, I see all of your charisma and all the things that make you Alan, plus this very complicated, <laughs> evil man. And it makes, it, it's just such a dynamic performance. It's not just like an evil, he's not, it's not just a simple evil bad guy. When you see you're and it makes it so much more like delicious to watch. It's just so good. It's so good. I love it. Love <laughs> here. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so good at just carrying this for me. Like, I'm just going to listen. <laughs> yeah, you so, the two chattiest people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, we know that the, the movie has you know been around for so long. How familiar uh, were, were of the movie were you guys before uh, landing your roles? Very familiar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Karate Kid is like beloved. I, I think that I don't know a single person who hasn't seen it or knows about it. And then especially with Cobra Kai, um, which I watched, I like I was super familiar, but I didn't rewatch the movie again until after I had been cast as Ali because I didn't want to get in my head or, you know, be copying or anything like that. I just wanted to like read what they were giving me. Cause you also, you don't know, like you don't know if they want it to be that's different. Right. You don't know if they're like, that's how it was. We want something new. So I just tried to do what I thought Allie was and bring myself to it. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, yeah. 
I like Allie. This is going to be fun. So so I've done a lot of musicals based on movies for whatever reason. And I have never rewatched the musical. I've never watched the movie before. Mm-hmm. Now, in some instances, I mean, certainly I had seen the Karate Kid, right? Um, and yes, Cobra Kai. We mm-hmm. all watched it during the pandemic. The whole world watched yeah. it during the pandemic. And <laughs> yeah. we're still watching it. It's good. Because <laughs> Cobra Kai don't never die. I will never um, but in, but so what I have what I do, exactly what you just said, is because I want to come to the table with what the words in front of me how they speak to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come to the table with a preconceived notion of what this character should be or has to be. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done in every case, and I'm doing it with this one, is I get through tech. And once I have been completely teched through the show, then I will rewatch the movie. Because that, because now I know exactly what I think I should do and what feels organic to me. And then when I'm done getting completely teched and while we're doing previews, that's when I'm going to go back and watch the movie and be like, okay, let me refresh my mind on what Martin Cove did. Oh, wow. And so that's, that served me well because, you know, the whole thing about these movie musicals is you, you, you have, there's certain expectation that needs to be met. Um, (laughs) It's so funny. Just the other day, I was like, oh, I think Chris should have a have a, a tattoo. And so we kind of talked about that. And then somebody was like, yeah, he has one in the movie. I was like, oh, <laughs> Good I just thought I was being brilliant, you know. Um, but but that's what I mean. It's like I'm thinking about Chris beyond the movie and what it speaks to me organically, just mm-hmm. like Jed is doing such a beautiful job with Allie. She she just she just turns it out. And it's interesting because Allie just has this universality that like you just like like her immediately. And that's who Jetta is. And so she really is, is she really kind of is Allie-esque, if that's a thing I could say. And Jetta and I don't know each other that well. This is interesting. Like you're talking about her music and literally as soon as we close this, I'm going to run to wherever and go, go listen to those songs because I know what her voice sounds like. So we're, you know, we're still getting to know each other. And also, Crease and Allie are- We like, do not interact. We, we don't interact at all. We, we have one scene together, yeah. um, but we- kind of. Yeah, kind of. We kinda. don't look at each other, but, yeah, yeah. but we exist in the same world. But um, but yeah, that's so kind yeah. of you to so say. So I'll watch, I'll rewatch the movie um, once we've completely teched everything and then I'll sit back and watch the movie. But it's very, you know, and particularly with Cobra Kai and how like, deliciously fantastic that is uh, you know oh, yeah. and in a way we're so lucky to be um to be doing karate kid the musical after cobra kai i feel like just the fan base is so rich with generations of fans yes, who yes. love the story and how much it means to everyone i think we really feel the weight of that and the weight of wanting to um make it everything that it deserves to be. And that's why everyone's being so intentional and so careful. And um, if there's like one thing I can stress about this show, it's that it's being handled with so much care and so much intention and And integrity. integrity, Yes. And I, I really feel like I'm, I mean, this is my first um, like real professional stage experience. So there's been so many times where I'm just like overcome with emotion and gratitude for this experience. And I'm like, looking around, I'm like, is this normal? Like, is this just how it is? I asked John, I was like, is this like, is this how every show is? Does it always feel like this? Like, is everyone, is the chemistry always as good? Like, is it always as special? And he was just like, no. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> he was like, it's not. It no, isn't. this is special. You, is. you can feel when somebody is like, oh, let's take this property and make a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not pleased. I want us all to be make, make plenty of money. Yeah. But you can also tell when somebody is like, oh, this story has affected me. And so I want to. I want to send it out into the world even more or in a different way or in a new way because it really changed and affected me. And I think it still has that power to do that for, for other people. And we wanted to be a hit and make a lot of money, but that's yeah. not like, sure. The me- you can just tell. Oh my gosh. You know? I- so that's what, and that's what John means by like, yeah, it's not always like this. And yeah. these producers, Kamiko and, <clears throat> and Brendan and, you know, our director Moan, and they're just, they're just filled with, I mean, the word I just keep coming back to is integrity. Yeah. And, and as we all know, you know, the arts or just the world in general doesn't always have integrity. It's just right. the truth. And so when you're working with a with a group of people that are just coming from a place of honor and integrity, it just permeates the whole thing. We um, we had a sits probe yesterday, um, which I didn't know what that was. So I'll just tell you. But we it's like when the band plays the music for the first time and we all get to sing it. So basically, that was the first time ever in the history of the world that these new songs were sung with a full band and it was the most i think like one of the most gratifying and emotional moments of my career ever i was bawling for 95 percent of it um and i was and again i was looking around the room everyone's just crying like we're all like our hearts are pumping and and there's just so it's so exciting to be in a room like that with just like i mean just the most talented people i've ever worked with but also like some of the most genuine caring loving people telling such an amazing story that resonates with so many people it's like it just feels like this gigantic thing that I am like a little puzzle piece in. And I, every moment I'm like, how did I get so lucky? How is this happening? And then, you know, Drew Gasparini, I mean, he just a genius wrote just some tunes. Oh my God. But then also again, going back to our producers, Kamiko, they sent Drew to Okinawa to work with some Japanese musicians so that he could come up with the voice of Miyagi. And I mean, that kind of producing and development that doesn't happen a lot. No. People are like, let's take this title everybody knows and get it to Broadway yeah. immediately. But they, they they wanted to get this right and mm-hmm. they wanted to do it the right way. And then, of course, to have Robert Mark Kamen, who wrote the movie, you know, in the room. You have the, the Pro, voice in the you know, room. And as most people know, this story is autobiographical for him. So for him to be moved by a new song that's written by a story that he wrote 40 years ago, and he's visibly shaking and moved because 40 years later, it's still is affecting people and has, and has stood the test of time to be a part of that, to be that little cog. I mean, it, you, you just know it's special, you know, you just, and then, you know, our designers, the lighting and, 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 and the, and the, the set and the and wardrobe, the... I mean, just, it's all just um, from just an incredible intentional place of integrity mm-hmm. and, um, Everybody's got the same vision. And then don't even come on. Keone and Mari are choreographers. The the movement element. So I'm always like, look, when you do these movie musicals, you got to do the movie, but then you got to give them something that the movie either doesn't do or can't do. And that is Keone and Mari. This movement element and the thoughtfulness of the way 
the world moves in the Miyagi world and then the way the world moves in the Cobra Kai world. It is just it's 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 almost like nothing I've ever seen in a Broadway show. Oh, yeah. And I've seen a lot of Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also like the movement has its own language. Like, yes, um, any, any movement you are seeing is chosen yeah. from a place of like that's driven by plot that's driven by story that's driven by where the character's coming yeah, from yeah. so anytime someone's dancing it's not just like dancing it's not just yeah. like beautiful dancing which i appreciate right, right. to begin that's, with we love that. i love a good dancing moment but movement right. that is also storytelling and propelling the narrative through the movement mm-hmm. on top of the incredible book and the incredible music and the lighting and the set and our costumes i mean it's all oh just gosh. come together um in, in a really incredible way. And we, you know, you don't want to be too, like you don't want to get cocky or whatever, but we, we can feel how special this is. For sure. And, and like you were saying a couple of minutes ago, the fact that there's this whole Cobra Kai world of people and awareness and fans who are going to eat this up. <laughs> to, 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 to sit in a room and have their world just be musicalized and choreographed around them in an incredible theater space like we have here um, at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center. And, 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 and stages, uh, St. Louis has pulled out the stops to just For make sure. sure that we have everything that we need. And, and um, Jack and Gail have just been here every day and part mm-hmm. of the process. So hands-on. And, you know, this is a big, huge thing for stages and actually a big, huge thing for St- the St. Louis musical uh, scene theater scene period. I Absolutely. think this is the first time that something has been a pre-Broadway that hit St. Louis. And then St. Louis has the nerve to be a real cute town. Oh my gosh, I'm we're having, having a, a great time. time. <laughs> It's like St. Louis is like a like a sanitized New Orleans with a little bit of Austin thrown in. It's like a PG New Orleans. The reviews are in. Yeah, yeah. They like people are like pamphlet. cool and have tattoos and like there's, there's a lot food. of there's great food. Yeah. And these are some of the friendliest people I've ever so been around. So nice. Yeah, I know we're from so, New York and LA, so we're like yeah. no attitude. Yeah, exactly. Are so, you really smiling at me? So the whole thing, just the show being here in St. Louis with stages and it just the whole thing. It's just it's just it's like an incredible simpatico. A hundred percent. And it's also, I I am coming from a totally different world. Like this is all is so insanely new to me. And I was so worried that I was going to um, be holding it back in some way or just feel really out of place or not fit in. Um, And people just welcomed me with open arms and they just answer all of my questions. Everyone just has like been so loving and warm and welcoming. And it's just made this process that much more special. Um, I just can't believe it. I never want to end. It's it's, it's been a great, it's been a great time. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have such great energy and there's something about the the Miyagi verse is, is what the, the fandom calls it. And, you know, we've spoken with so many people, part of both the Karate Kid movies and from Cobra Kai, especially Cobra Kai, People are always sharing how it's like a family, you know, everybody loves the movie and the property so, so much. Everyone is um, taking very good care of it. They don't want it to be a joke, you know, and uh, they put in a lot of love. So I'm hearing like a similar thing with this production. Uh, how, how are we doing on time? They, they said we have about five more minutes. Five more. Okay, perfect. So um, uh, Jetta, uh, we spoke with LP and uh, he was sharing about how he uh, we're seeing more of Freddie than we did 
on film. And I'm, I'm assuming we're getting more Allie with an eye as well. Uh, can you tease some, some things that uh, people can see with Allie uh, in the musical? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, in the movie, we got to see little a little taste of Allie. And as an audience member, I just like assumed like there was more like I just, you know, you fill in the blanks as an audience member. Like I you get an idea of what her parents are like. You get an idea of what her home like is like her home life is like. And in the musical, we have the opportunity to just see what it's like for her and her day to day life outside of being with Daniel um, and you get to know what she wants to do and what she wants to be and how she's figuring it all out as a teenager. And it's funny because you uh, so many times I've been taken back. Like Allie really reminds me of me as a teen. I'm like, I just so relate. I relate to her need to be understood. And she's such an honest person. <laughs> like, um, I mean, without giving anything away, she, she pretty much knows what she wants right away. And she says so right off the bat. And something I'd really wanted to explore was also her past with Johnny um, because they dated. Like, I think sometimes it'd be easy to just be like, she hates him and that's that. And it, but really this is someone she grew up with and someone who probably knows her better than most people. And um, so my binder is like full of like, like, like pros and cons lists for Johnny and pros and cons lists for Daniel and um, all that stuff. But yeah, Allie, Allie is someone who's honest. She's upfront. She's outgoing. Um, she's also just like figuring it all out. She's 17. She wants to be someone new. She wants to change her own life. And when yeah. you it's hard. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we can get into so much more, but uh, I definitely want to speak to Alan about, about Priest here. So, like your voice, Alan, is, is, is so beautiful. The, the first, um, I don't remember the title because, you know, I just put YouTube on in my pocket and I just listened to it while I was working. And there was a song that you sang. I was like, he sounds like Luther, you know, it's just so beautiful. And then, and then, and then you did uh, a cover. Of, of, yeah, of never too much with Charlie Rosen. Yeah, it was, it was so good. And your, your version of I Believe I Can Fly was so moving. Yes, exactly. So you guys are gonna have to check each other out here. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say we'll be YouTubing okay. each other. That your version was so moving. I, I nearly teared up. I, I I remember where that song takes me to like middle school. But um and then we heard from Drew about this. Uh I I, I don't know, I don't remember the words exactly that he described it, but it was just this metal song for Crease that he wrote. I, I'm trying to picture. And, and obviously I'm listening to Alan sing and I was like, how, how does that translate? How does that work? Can you talk about yeah, singing crease? It's a pretty special, um, let's see, what can I say? I now? know. You know I, I, I will just say humbly, of course, <laughs> it's a pretty special melding of the two worlds of this hard rock but then there's also some soul and it's definitely theatrical oh. and um you know drew wrote an an incredible score and certainly that's an incredible tune um strike first strike hard no mercy um but then he let me offer some tweak suggestion ideas um when we first were doing it and it was kind of funny because when i first sang it in in the Bahamas with him, he gave me, I didn't realize this, he only gave me part of the song. And so the song kind of just started. And so I learned it and I said, you know, I feel like 
the beginning of the song needs to be like a little recitative, like slowed down. Like, I don't know that we just want to start the song mm -hmm. at the top. And he was like, actually, there's, there is that. It's, it's a part that I didn't give you yet, but that's wow. actually how the song starts. And I was, that's what I mean by sympathetic. I was going to say that. Like I heard a part of the song and immediately was like, Oh, I think it needs to start a little bit more relaxed and then get in ramp into it. And, um, and, but that's actually what he wrote. Wow. I just only, you know, didn't know that. So, so it's, 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 um, it's it's quite uh, the the combination of a couple different worlds. It's and, show stopping. And it's... and then the other thing too is like you know, I I don't come on till a little, I'm the last one introduced. So to like kind of sit around backstage and then have to come on and bam, just <laughs> totally change the energy of the entire show. That's so true. You know, yeah. that's another thing that I'm like trying to navigate. You know, so I'm not like you know scrolling on Instagram and then <laughs> and then come on and be you know like and be warm it's, it's and easy everything. To, you know it's easy to do that when you're not kind of in the first part of the show. But yeah, but but Drew and I definitely kind of. Uh, you know, obviously he wrote the song, but we kind of linked and synced in together about what it ultimately could be kind of right out the gate all those years ago in the Bahamas. So now it's like we just it just, it just it's just organically what it is. And Drew is also such a great collaborator. Like he just is always listening and he's always like open to conversation. Uh, like my first week, he was like, I'm writing a new song. What do you think Allie would say here? And I was like, uh, I, well, I, don't, I think Allie is feeling like this. This is he's like, OK, cool. And yeah, he came back yeah. the next day with lyrics that were like totally, totally. That was a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. Thank you. I'm a comedian. Yeah. She's a comedian. She um, but yeah. And, and then, then you have Andrew too, our music director. Oh my gosh. Who is so on top of it and so chill at he's, the same time. I always say that he's beautiful minding because he's always like. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah, plays yeah, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's incredible. The two of them are just like such a dynamic duo. They're like just geniuses. I don't even know how to, I swear I've never like used that word so much in my life. And now it's just like coming out all the time. I'm like, genius, you're a genius. Yeah, you're yeah, a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And they work together so well. I also was like, it's so crazy that you're both named Andrew. And Andrew was like, wait, huh? And I was like, <laughs> Drew <laughs> is Andrew. And he's like, I've never put that together. And I was like, you never considered that you're both named Andrew? Like you just didn't, he's busy making musical yeah. genius in his sure. head. And so, yeah. 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 So I, I know time's running out. I, I, you know, once things start coming out about the musical, it, maybe that might be a better time, but I would love for you two to be back to talk more about, about yourselves, but also what you can share later on about the musical. Um, Jedi, we'll go and do a little research. 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 We'll go and do a little research on each other, and then we'll come back and <laughs> we'll tell you about the other. One. That's I like that. That's, That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I love following the both of you, Jedi. You're hilarious. I love the thing with you and LP yesterday, the tornadoing. <laughs> hilarious. I oh. watched it like five times in a row. You know, I just, 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 just the thing at the end, like, oh, it's really serious. We got to, we're today, like, oh, good timing, but great stuff, you guys. Uh, thank you so much. If uh, in the event we don't get to speak, speak um, before next Thursday, you know, sweep the stage, you know, so, so good luck. I uh, really appreciate your guys' time. So, um, yeah, I'll put, uh, you know, the, the, the things that we discussed, Alan, your interview, Jetta, your, your songs, 
listen to each other's uh, songs is really, really good. Um, and uh, thanks, thanks again for your time. I really do appreciate well, it. Thanks for your um, passion and, and commitment uh, and your love for the for the property. And we're just it's so it's so beautiful to have this whole other group uh just like a whole other addition to the family and just welcoming us in and making us feel so welcome to this world that you know so well so thank you it means a lot to us and we can't wait for y'all to see the karate did the musical love it just call me cousin peter you know that's it Haven't you done enough, princess?